0: Now don't shoot me. I saw the movie Arrival that everyone has been raving about uh, for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Everyone said it was maybe the best movie of the year, the best sci-fi movie in a decade, and unfortunately I really wasn't all that impressed with it. But I do think that the movie uh, demonstrated something that, uh, because of some of its unique uh, plot structures, did demonstrate something that we can use to draw an analogy to uh, our Blessed Mother. And so if you're not familiar with the movie, I'll give you a little thumbnail sketch. And in the movie, there are um, these aliens that come to Earth. And Amy Adams, who is the um, heroine of the story, she is a world-famous linguist who teaches at a university. And so the military asks her to come uh, to... Uh, try to make contact with these aliens because she's a linguist who can possibly, you know, decipher uh, what they're trying to say or find some way to communicate with them. And so she undertakes this assignment. And so she and a crew of uh, people go into the, they're welcomed into the spacecraft with the aliens, and you know they see them. And of course, it's a very profound question. I mean, how do uh, you know two? Creatures, two totally separate creatures, two intelligent races, but from you know totally different worlds, how do they possibly you know communicate with each other? What frame of reference do they possibly have in common uh that could allow for any kind of meaningful communication? And so throughout the you know, this process, which um you know, she is able to sort of start with using her her understanding of linguistics, she's able to start this process and uh, start to decipher some of the symbols that the uh, alien race is showing to her and to convey to them some of our concepts and language. Um, she is haunted by these, what we think as the viewers of the movie are flashbacks to when she is teaching her own daughter uh, how to uh, communicate and to teach her the meanings of words and symbols and so forth. But in fact, what these actually are, are forward memories, Um, Or, in a sense, she's given glimpses of her own future because we don't find this out till later in the movie. She actually doesn't have a child yet. And so, this child that she is um, having these memories of teaching her how to learn uh, language are actually uh, her future. And because uh, being in touch with this uh, alien race, this exposure to their way of communicating is actually giving her sort of a, a bi directional memory. She has both memories of the past as well as memories of the future. And so, that's kind of the the linchpin of the movie. And I thought that this actually has some kind of connection to um, uh, our Blessed Mother in the sense that we try to understand her Immaculate Conception. And I think many people um, think of Our Lady's Immaculate Conception if they understand what it means uh, in sort of in the technical sense that Our Lady was conceived without original sin. They think, well, she perhaps was the one person who didn't need uh, to be saved by Christ. Uh, that she was someone who, by some kind of unique status, was um, you know co-equal to Christ or something like that. But instead, just as we see that um, you know uh, the character in the movie Arrival was figuring out how she was going to teach uh, or learn from or learn to communicate with the aliens by looking forward to memories that she had not yet experienced yet, uh, we can say that our blessed our blessed Mother was saved from original sin by the merits of Christ, despite the fact that, of course, Christ had not yet suffered on the cross, that she was conceived without sin in preparation for the saving work of Christ. And so she was not saved apart from the merits of Christ. Um, She was not saved aside from the merits of Christ. Rather, she was saved through the merits of Christ. In a sense, we can say she was uh, the first fruits of Christ's work on the cross, of his work of redemption, uh, which has now been uh, provided to all of us. So in that sense, we see that, you know, in a sense, her, um, her life, her sinlessness, her merits were you know coming to her from outside of time because she was receiving something that had not yet happened in time but, of course, was destined to happen because of God's providence for us. And I think the other thing that we see is that in this movie, um, obviously, the, um, the government turns to her, um, Amy Adams as a linguist, because she is someone who is in a unique position, or so they think, uh, that she can communicate with this alien race, because there's no language, um, there's no symbols, there's no, uh, form of communication that seems to be working. So, in a sense, they need someone to solve the problem of how do you establish a form of communication. In this sense, you could say that, Mary is a form of communication, um, you know, between us and Jesus. In a sense that you can say that Mary is the one that first had to confront Christ. In a sense, her relationship with Christ is a model for us. It's a prototype of uh, the relationship that we are meant to have to Christ. Now, of course, we're not sinless. We're not free from the, you know, from the effects of original sin, even through our baptism. Yet it's because we can look to the model that Mary established, this model of closeness, this model of love, that we can see in it uh, the microcosm of our own relationship to Christ. We can see that because she was human like us, although preserved from original sin, um, she was not different from us. Yet she had to, in a sense, relate to Christ. She had to um, you know, uh bond with Christ in the same way that we as Christians are all called upon to do in our lives. And so we see, of course, you know, in her life, the fact that she essentially could distill all the teachings of Christ, uh, you know, down to one thing, listen to what he says, and then go do it. This is what she told uh, the servant at the wedding at Cana, you know, listen to what he does, and do it. And so this is a sense what all of us have to, um, you know, do in our own lives. We have to find a way in which we can relate to Christ such that when we hear his word, we are compelled to do it. And of course, it's a great challenge for us, because unlike Mary, we are weighed down by sin. We are weighed down by the effects of sin in our lives. And so it's not as easy for us, but at the same time, because we have you know Mary magnifying uh, our Lord for us, it is possible. It is something that as Christians we are heirs to, and we can draw upon as a way of, Um, seeing our relationship to the Lord in a new life. We know that it's possible um, that one person at least, Mary, could exist in a life of total communion, a life of total love, and a life of total self-giving with our Lord. And so therefore, we have a wonderful and beautiful model to follow in our own lives. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.